KBRI, KNEA AM 970, 95.3 and 96.9, The Ticket. You're listening to KNEA Jonesboro and KBRI Clarendon, The Ticket. It's time for The Setup, the fastest hour in sports talk here on The Ticket. Here are your hosts, Kay Carlton and Andrew Bowen. All right, welcome in to The Setup, a Tuesday, October 5th, 2021 edition of The Setup here on 95.3 FM, The Ticket, AM 970 KNEA, 95.3theticket.com, and through the TuneIn app by searching for KNEA. Also find us on Twitter at 95.3 The Ticket. Facebook.com slash 95.3 The Ticket is where you can find us as well. Uh, A lot to get into today. A short week for A-State football, so that means a short week to kind of go over everything Coastal and A-State related. So uh, we're really going to dive into that today. Uh, Mitchell Gladstone is going to join us, the uh, a state reporter for the Arkansas Democrat Gazette coming up here in a few minutes. Uh, we'll also talk with Curtis Wilkerson of Hog Sports. Uh, talk about a big signing that Arkansas basketball had. Uh, also talk a little Arkansas football coming up at 2.30. Uh, we'll go over the Coastal Carolina offense and what to expect out of that. That and much more coming up on the program today. But first, Andrew's going to get us caught up with some headlines. Brought to you by Plaza Tire Service, bringing you the best deals on tires. Butch Jones and Arkansas State football have turned their attention to Coastal Carolina. With the game slated for Thursday, the Red Wolves head coach held his weekly press conference a day early to get ready for the 15th-ranked Chanticleers. Jones did not shake up the death chart for Week 6, but did announce right tackle Robert Holmes will be out for the season due to a knee injury. Wyatt Lubke will take his place. Meanwhile, in A-State alumni news, Forrest Merrill was signed to the active roster for the L.A. Chargers ahead of Monday night's game against the Raiders. Merrill spent the first three weeks of the season on the Chargers practice squad. So good for him. Moving on to Arkansas, uh, the time has been announced for their Week 7 homecoming game against Auburn. The Hogs and Tigers will kick it off at 11 a.m. on October 16th with the game airing on either ESPN or CBS. And the MLB playoffs get underway tonight with the American League wildcard game. First pitch for the Yankees at the Red Sox is at 7 p.m. And this has been your Daily Headlines brought to you by Plaza Tire Service. Now back to Cade. All right. Uh, Mitchell Gladstone of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette going to join us here uh, momentarily. Uh, we'll talk uh, A-State Coastal on uh, Thursday night. We'll also recap uh, A-State and Georgia Southern from Saturday uh, so a lot to go over there uh, with him as he's set to join us here in a, a few minutes. Uh, really want to talk about tonight's wild card game. We'll get to that later on in the program. But it's Yankees and Red Sox in the wild card game tonight. So uh, should be a good one in that one. But uh, getting set to talk with uh, Mitchell Gladstone of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette coming up here momentarily. Uh, A-State coming off of a 59-33 setback to Georgia Southern on Saturday, and they now turn their attention to Coastal Carolina coming up on Thursday night. 
from Centennial Bank Stadium. 6.30 kickoff on 107.9 K-Fine and ESPNU as the A-State reporter for the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Mitchell Gladstone is with us on the phone lines. Mitchell, how are you this afternoon? I'm doing well. It's, it's uh, what is it? It's a Thursday, right? Exactly. It, it's, it's, it's a Thursday of a normal game week, yes. <laughs> so, no, you know, you know I, it's funny. I, I, asked, I asked Butch Jones that yesterday, and he thought for a second, and then he goes, yeah, it's Wednesday. So, you know, you know that it's, you know that you got a Thursday night game when you got Wednesday on Monday and Tuesday press conference on Monday and game on yes. Thursday. So, you know what? Uh, it's, uh, I think it's good, good for everybody. You know, short, short week is, you know, obviously has a downside, but you get to flush it and uh, move on to the next one faster. Yeah, cram it all into four days. Uh, let's go. Let's go back. Uh, we'll get into some of what Butch Jones said yesterday and. Uh, uh, some look at coastal a little bit, but uh, obviously a fifty-nine to thirty-three setback at Georgia Southern. A State scores a couple of touchdowns in the fourth quarter to make it a little bit closer than probably what it was. Um, what were kind of your overall takeaways from that game at Georgia Southern on Saturday? Well, I think I look at it as two things. Number one is you look at the first three quarters, and you know, really, I guess mostly the second and third quarters, you know, some of the things flash in the first quarter, obviously, as well. But I, I, I have a hard time sitting here, you know, trying to diagnose some of these problems myself. Um, if, if only because, well, and I shouldn't say the problems. The problems are sort of obvious, right? It's diagnosing what the fixes are. And as much as I, you know, have covered football, and, you know, it's just it, it's blowing my mind, really, to see the same problems every single week. And I know it's a young defensive staff. I know it's Rob Harley's first time. That's why I asked Butch Jones about how the, the job that he thinks uh, Rob Harley is doing. And I think, I think he really believes in him. I think the players really believe in him. But I struggle to say, okay, you know, how do you, you know, what, what's the solution when it's the same problems every week? And, you know, you've now seen him, I guess, what, four weeks in a row. Yeah. So that's, that's one hand. On the other hand, you look at the fourth quarter and, they made the changes on the offensive line. I actually think bringing in Lane Hatcher was not really the difference. I think we probably would have seen some of the same stuff with James Blackman. Now, you know, maybe there's the fact that he's in a certain mindset and Hatcher is able to sort of be a fresh mindset and whatever. But I think, I think what we saw in the fourth quarter with Lane Hatcher is some of the stuff we're going to see going forward because the offensive line did look a lot better. For whatever reason, I mean, obviously you bring in new pieces with Jacob still moving East Minor over to left guard, um, but I think there was just something going on, and you know, a lot of the guys talked about Jacob still and what he brings to the offensive line, and so I think that's something where you know, if that can you know just be the driving force, you know, they're going to keep the quarterback more upright. They're going to be able to run the ball a little bit better, yeah. and so I look at that and I say, okay, you can see it. And I, you can, you've seen it with the offense all season long, but again, you know, the offense could go put up 40 points, and the way the defense has been going, that's not going to be good enough. So, yeah. again, it all comes back to they got to get the defensive issues right. Otherwise, whatever they do on offense isn't going to matter. Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a good point. Uh, but the offensive line thing is, is kind of interesting because. Blackman was hit 20-plus times. Uh, he was hit, I, I don't know, 18, 19 times in the Tulsa game, 20-plus times last week. So he's taken a lot of shots in these last two games and, you know, kind of 
reassessing the situation with the offensive line, figuring it out and making it better is something that's really going to have to be key and important for A-State if they're going to continue to move the ball and score points offensively. And maybe we've become numb to it. I, you know, I think I didn't even really internalize how many times, I mean, the, the number of times, you know, you, where you see the pressure, you see when it leads to an interception like it did on the second interception of three on, on Saturday. But maybe you, you don't, you just, because you, you know, whether the, court, the camera's going off or you get used to it, you don't see the number of times the quarterback gets hit. Obviously, that has an impact both, you know, physically in the game, but also on his psyche. Um, but yeah, you know, the thing with the whole, the whole thing with the offensive line, right? So you still look at it and the, the guy who's supposed to be your starting left tackle going into week one transfers. Then you have Robert Holmes who came in as a transfer as well, just like Nick Lewis. And he plays a couple games. He seems to be playing relatively well. I, I couldn't really tell specifically Then he gets hurt. Now he's out for the season and you've got Wyatt Luke back in there who, you know, the, the, the pro football focus grades, I looked at it the other day. I mean, they were bad for Wyatt Luke, just as they were um, for uh, Ernesto Ramirez and, uh, and Hobbs against Tulsa. So um, I'm not really sure what the, you know, the answer at right forward is, but now they may have an answer if this is the case that, you know, what they're going to do with sliding Jacob Stone in the center, moving Ethan Minor to left guard, and then moving Ivory Scott over to right guard. Um, you know, I think... I think in theory that solves some issues. We'll see if Wyatt Luke keeps getting attacked, but the, the other guys you know have been pretty good. Scott and uh, Andre Harris have been yeah. you know, pretty dang good all season. So um, you know now having one of them on each side, I think can only help in the long run. Let's talk about defense as we were talking with Mitchell Gladstone of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, who covers a state. Uh, what what do you think have kind of been the problems with the defense? And then secondly, do you think this is something that could be potentially fixed this year or is it going to be a multiple-year type fix for this A-State defense? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I look at it this way. The, we, we know what the defensive line is. Right? We, we've talked about this on here. I've, I've written about it before. You know, you've got these four guys up front. And if I remember, if, if I remember correctly, I think JoJo was the only one that doesn't have eligibility next year. I may be wrong, um, but I believe that JoJo is the only one that doesn't have eligibility next year. So you're going to have probably three or four pieces returning, or sorry, two or three pieces returning on the defensive front. Yep. Then you look at the the back the back half of the defense. Uh, Caleb Bonner, I believe this is his last year, so. They're going to have to turn that position over, and they've been rotating guys at linebacker. Um, I don't necessarily know where the issues are at linebacker, and it's, again, I'm you know I'm struggling to sort of diagnose how they have the same problems over and over again. Um, they've been rotating guys in, but I think it's just going to be a situation where it's it's going to take time. I mean, I look the fact of the matter is this defense wasn't good last year. It's a lot of the same guys. I mean, there are a few transfers, but, you know, the two biggest transfers are up on the front, and that's the difference, right? So, you know, you look at the back half of the defense, it's a lot of the same guys from last year. And even though it's a new coordinator, perhaps the case is that the personnel is just not nearly good enough. And so, you know, when you ask, is it going to get fixed this year or not, you know, I I look at it as probably more of a multi-year process to get that straightened out if only because you have it takes time to recruit 
and bring in transfers and the fact of the matter is and, and develop. And I think I look I think this I think the staff is capable of developing guys. Um, you know, you've got, you know, a Leon Jones, you've got um, a tail on who who's played a little bit, you know, you've got guys who are going to be here for a couple of years with this staff, but I think it's not something I just, I don't know until I see it. I can't say that. I think it's going to get fixed this year. A state and coastal coming up on Thursday uh, here from Jonesboro. And uh, well, when you talk about coastal and you talk about their offense, you know, you're going to talk a lot about balance. You know, they're a team that has over a thousand passing yards, over a thousand rushing yards and, have been one of the better offenses, not only in the Sun Belt, but in the group of five. What are your kind of expectations for what Coastal will bring to town on Thursday night? Yeah, I mean, like you said, there's a reason, look, there's a reason they're number 15 in the country. And it's, it's not, it's, you know, I, I understand that some people have said it's, you know, they haven't played a really, you know, they played a really weak schedule. You know, maybe the ranking is fluky. You, you, could, you could say that. And I, I won't necessarily disagree with you that their schedule's been weak, but, you know, you look at what they did last year, what they've done this year, you know, maybe number 15, you know, we can, we can argue over that, but, um, you know, there's no question that they deserve, that they're a right team and they're that good. And, you know, they've got the quarterback, everything runs through Grayson McCall. Um, there's a reason why, you know, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Um, you know, they've got a dynamic run game, but for me, I'm really, really excited to get to see uh, Isaiah Likely in person. Uh, 6'4", 240-pound tight end. Um, and he's someone who I really wasn't that all aware of before this season. And, you know, it seems like every week, you know, when I'm just, you know, following the games, you know, you just hear about Isaiah Likely, Isaiah Likely. I asked, I asked EJ Alexander yesterday what he's like. Um, and he said, you know, like a less, less dynamic version of Travis Kelsey. Well, you know, if, if you're if you're even comparing anyone to Travis Kelsey, that's a pretty good place to start. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm I'm really curious to see how you know they can. I mean, we we know how Arkansas State's been attacked in the the running game, um, and you know we saw that last week. But I think you know someone like Isaiah Likely. I mean, as much as Coastal's going to run the ball, you know they're going to be able to take deep shots, and that's what happens when you have uh, a great quarterback. And so, whether it's Isaiah Likely. Um, or any of their other guys, you know, in the receiving game. I think that's what I'm really curious to see if Arkansas State has, you know, making a jump there. Because if you can at least, you know, discourage teams from uh, pass, you know, passing the ball, then you can, you know, that that it makes makes teams, you know, more one dimensional. Well, we're about uh, 52 hours or so away from kickoff Thursday night at uh, Centennial Bank Stadium. Mitchell, in the meantime, what can our uh, listeners find uh, in terms of coverage over at the ADG? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, we're on a, we're on a tight schedule. So, uh, you know, I had just my regular weekly dispatch from Joesboro yesterday. We'll have a notebook up today and uh, a preview of the game tomorrow, you know, just obviously talking about what. Um, you know, the, what Coastal Carolina brings, you know, the highest ranked team to ever play a game at Arkansas State. Um, and I will say that I hope everybody, um, keeps their eyes peeled. Next week will be, and, you know, I know it's the open date. Um, but next Wednesday, I have a really cool story coming out. Um, uh, it is a particular anniversary, uh, but I, I won't, I won't give it any more away than that. It's a very, very interesting anniversary. Um, and uh, so it's going to be a, a really cool long long piece coming out next Wednesday, so definitely keep your eyes out for that.
Mitchell, looking forward to that as always. Appreciate the time, and uh, we'll see you Thursday night. Yep, see you guys then. Thanks. All right, sounds good. That's Mitchell Gladstone of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, who covers a state for the ADG. If you missed any of that, catch it following the program, soundcloud.com slash 95.3 The Ticket. We'll take our first time out of the program, come back after this on The Ticket. We're not ready to go to the closer just yet. Stick around. More of the setup is coming up next on The Ticket. We have another full Friday night of high school football action this week across the EAB Sports Network. Join us as Jonesboro goes to Pine Bluff on 95.3 and 96.9 The Ticket. And in 5A East action, Valley View plays at win on 101.3 KBTM, while Brooklyn hosts Green County Tech on 101.7 KISS FM, and Nettleton travels to Paragold on 94.1 Bob FM. High school football is brought to you by First National Bank, NEA Baptist, Real Estate Nate, the Cavanaugh Auto Group, St. Bernard's, JOSM, and Domino's Pizza. Pre-game coverage starts at 6.30 Friday night on this EAB Sports Network station. Hello, this is Bob Moore with Moore Air Conditioning. Heating issues when the temperature drops interrupt your life in more ways than one. We're here to help. When you need your heating system repaired, you need it fast. Get more assurance with the Moore Same Day Guarantee. We'll send a licensed and trained technician to your home the same day you call or you don't pay a service fee. That's the Moore Assurance Guarantee. Creating comfort one home at a time. Call Moore Air Conditioning today, 870 Three three six twenty twenty three. You deserve more. Don't sell for less. Attention farmers. Pico Foods wants you to know how much they appreciate your business and that they are ready to buy your stored corn and milo. Pico Foods purchases year round and always at competitive prices. The eighth largest poultry producer in the U.S. and a fourth generation family owned business, Pico Foods believes in supporting local producers. So they buy corn and milo from farmers bins at competitive prices year round. Call today. In Arkansas, David Durham or James Chester at 870-202-7101. In Alabama and Mississippi, contact Greg Bird or John Taylor Hickman. 601-670-9383. Where are we going? I thought you wanted to get some stuff for the party. We're going to the old country store off the Cash River in Sedgwick, just 10 miles from Jonesboro. Yeah, but we need something besides beer and wine, don't we? The old country store has all spirits now. I'm taking you to see all your favorite men. Oh, you mean Jack, Jim, Jose, and Johnny. Yep. You know, Jose is my favorite. Keep your clothes on this time. The proceeding was recorded by poorly paid voice actors. The Old Country Store and Spirits, 16067 Highway 63 East in Sedgwick, just 10 miles from Dan Avenue. The Old Country Store. Tonight on CBS. CSI, the global phenomenon, opens a brand new chapter in Las Vegas. If we don't get to the truth, nobody will. It's a new team of crime scene investigators. We're talking about my lab's reputation. Preserving justice in Sin City. Look at the evidence. CSI Vegas, series premiere tonight, 10, 9 central on CBS. You know your body, and you know when something's off. When something doesn't feel quite right. Don't ignore symptoms like fatigue, joint pain, rashes, and fever. They could be signs of lupus. Listen to your body. Take care of yourself. We're here to help you take control of your health. Learn how at BeFierceTakeControl.org. Brought to you by the Lupus Foundation of America and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. We're always rooting for overtime round here. Now let's get back to the setup. All right, welcome back here on a Tuesday, October 5th, 2021 edition of the setup here on the ticket. Kate Carlton, Andrew Bowen with you. As always, appreciate, appreciate Mitchell Gladstone of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette coming on for a visit. Catch that following the program. 
soundcloud.com slash 953theticket. All right, uh, let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, Curtis Wilkerson's going to come on with us here in about 10 minutes or so. So we'll go ahead and keep it on the A-State topic and do start our unit previews. Usually this is a Wednesday-Thursday deal, but A-State plays a game on Thursday, so it's going to be a Tuesday-Wednesday deal this week as we get set to dive into uh, the Coastal Carolina offense and what A-State will be up against uh, come Thursday night at uh, Centennial Bank Stadium. All right, so Coastal has played in five games. They have failed to score 40 or more in just one and a 28-25 win over Buffalo, and have failed to score 50 or more in just two out of those five games. They lead the Sun Belt in touchdowns, points, points per game. They're averaging 48.2 points per game. They rank second in rush yards, pass yards, and total yards in the Sun Belt. And they rank first in yards per play at 8.4 yards per play. Wow. In the Sun Belt. But that's just the Sun Belt. Coastal is number 16 in the country. One of the highest ranked group of five teams in the country. So obviously, they're going to rank pretty well in terms of the total NCAA statistics. Coastal is sixth in the country in total offense with 2,640 total yards of offense and second in the country in yards per play at 8.38 yards per play. So Coastal is almost to the mark that A-State defense has given up. As A-State has given up 2,800 yards, Coastal has gained uh, 2,640 total yards. So um, (laughs) those numbers are impressive. Even more impressive is how balanced they are offensively. Uh, I'm not counting the Citadel in this stat because it'll skew it because it's the Citadel. But over the last four games, even a coastal team that is balanced, is very methodical with the way they move the ball, is one of the last-ranked teams in the country in terms of pace of play or whatever the stat is called, where they're, they're holding the ball for a long time because they go on big, long drives and... Like their pace is not, their pace is not tempo. Their pace is to run the play clock down and run a lot of plays. But even with that being said, A State, as we know, has given up nine plays for twenty plus yards in each of the last two games. And it just so happens that last week against ULM, Coastal had nine plays of twenty plus yards in the ULM game last weekend. Uh, Coastal has twenty four plays of twenty twenty plus yards throughout the last four games. Even though they aren't a tempo offense, they've still busted 24 plays of 20-plus yards in the last four games. So, Where have I heard this before? <laughs> not a great stat for the A-State defense. But, yeah. All right, so here's something interesting that came out today. I've never seen this stat before. Apparently, it's an annual thing. I've never seen it before, but it popped up on my timeline on Twitter this morning. So, Max Olson of The Athletic put out the first edition of the stop rate today it is a it is about the simplest stat you can get I'm sure it took a lot of work to get to this simple stat but it is about the simplest stat you can get of the drives your defense has faced how many have they stopped from scoring so for instance Georgia is first in the country in this stat Georgia has Georgia's defense has faced 61 drives They have stopped 93.4% of them and are allowing 0.26 points per drive. So uh, that's kind of the that's That's kind of what this stat is. Yes. So that's kind of what this stat is. Well, Georgia's number one in the country 
not even allowing a point per drive that their opponents have. A-State is 116 out of 130 in that stat, having allowed points on 42 of the 75 drives, 56% of the total drives they have defended against. So basically, if an opponent has two drives, on one of them they're scored. That's not a good stat for A-State. So you put that, that A-State is over half of their drives allowing points with the combination that Coastal can bust big plays pretty easily and get in the red zone quickly, and that doesn't bode extremely well. Especially, so if you go and look at the red zone stats, Coastal is, if you go on NCAA.com and just look at total red zone offense, Coastal is going to rank in the 50s. I think there were 54 in red zone offense because in... 25 red zone trips, they have scored 22 times. So it's, or maybe it's 22 out of 26. I can't remember the exact number. Yeah, it's 22 out of 26. So they have an 84% red zone efficiency, which is in the 50s in the country. But I would be interested. I, I tried to find it this morning. And I couldn't find out how to do it. I would be interested to know what their touchdown efficiency in the red zone would rank. Because of those 25 trips to the red zone there are 26 trips to the red zone they have scored a touchdown on 21 of them so basically wow. when coastal gets in the red zone they are they are they're, they're coming away with no points or they're scoring a touchdown and 80 plus percent of the time they're scoring a touchdown so when coastal gets in the red zone they're extremely extremely effective um everything on paper it just looks i mean unstoppable it looks like a Great offense on paper. They've had one bad game offensively, and they still managed to win that game, a 28-24 game at Buffalo. Every every game since then, they have been 40-plus points and dominant on offense. Everyone knows who they're led by at quarterback. Mitchell Gladstone in our last interview mentioned it. Grayson McCall, who is top 50 in the country in passing yards and has an 80.2% completion percentage and just one interception. That's Coastal ridiculous. is first in the country in completion percentage. <laughs> An 80.2 completion percentage, 10 touchdowns, and one interception for Grayson McCall. That's like on video the That's like video game numbers. That's it is. nuts. It is. It's probably even more impressive than video games. It's hard to complete 80% of your passes, and that's, that's what that's he's doing through point. five games. <laughs> uh, they have three running backs who have rushed for over 200 yards this year. And coming into play Thursday night, they have had two straight games with over 500 yards of offense. And what's even more impressive is in those two straight games, they have turned the ball over just once. So they don't they don't commit a lot of errors offensively, uh, and they score a lot of points. They're extremely effective when their offense is on the field. So they're coming off of a fifty nine to six win over UL Monroe, which saw them throw for two hundred and eighty two yards and rush for two hundred and seventy five. They rushed for 275 without a 100-yard rusher. So it was a very balanced rushing effort in the uh, ULM game. So uh, the moral of the story is that they're really good. They don't make mistakes. <laughs> they extend drives. They always convert in the red zone. And they have a quarterback that's probably a borderline NFL quarterback. Uh, so so what you're saying is this is, this is well, without a doubt, this is the best team and the best offense Arkansas State's going to play. Yeah, year. yeah, absolutely. Without a doubt. Absolutely. absolutely. And it's in conference, which makes it yes. a little worse. So, <laughs> A-State will probably need a perfect, 
perfect performance on defense, which we have yet to see this year. And even if they do have a perfect performance on defense, I'm not convinced that Coastal's still not hanging 40. So it's going to be one of those deals where you're going to have to get into a shootout with them because they're yeah. they're going to score points. You're not holding Coastal under 40. I just I don't see a scenario unless it comes like a driving rainstorm or something like i don't Some see a scenario where, favor, yeah. where coastal is not scoring 30 or 40 yeah you either got to stop them or you got to keep up with them offensively and so. there's no like middle ground it's one or yeah. the other so there you go there's your coastal carolina offensive preview we'll look at defense tomorrow and then we'll uh go full-on game preview on thursday all right we're about halfway through the show which means we need to take a time out curtis wilkerson of hawk sports will join us next talk a big razorback basketball commitment and arkansas football after this timeout on the ticket Kara's icing down. Bobo's in the pen. But Kate and Andrew are dealing. The setup continues right after this on The Ticket. Lang motions out of the backfield. Blackman going deep right side. This ball is caught. Touchdown, Corey Rucker. And the Red Wolves take their first lead of the day with 4.38 remaining in the second quarter. It's a Thursday night showdown as the Red Wolves host the nationally ranked Chanticleers of Coastal Carolina. And you can hear it all on your home for A-State football. 107.9 K-5. Coverage begins Thursday at 4.30 with the Mid-South Four Dealers Tailgate Show. That's followed by the Centennial Bank pregame show at 5.30 and kickoff at 6.30. And stay tuned after the game for Wolf House presented by Baird Auto Group live from the Embassy Suites Jonesboro. A-State football is sponsored in part by Bill's Cost Plus, Jim's Pawn Shop, Angie Gallagher of United Country Scenic Rivers Realty, George Kell Motors, More Air Conditioning, Calmer Solutions, Gazaway Ace, Max Prairie Wings, J-Towns Grill, Collision Repair, and Stanley Woodard Law Firm. Hey guys, EAB staff meteorologist Sarah Tipton here. I was out with friends last week and they wanted to know what I was doing to look so good. The last six weeks, I've been using the Betts Clinic weight loss program and body contour light. Y'all, I feel so good right now with cleansing my body and losing weight. I've lost 10% of my starting weight, 16 pounds, and I hope to lose more in the coming weeks. The best part? I can feel my obliques and see them, too. My arms and shoulders are on fire. I want you to feel and look like this. Being comfortable in my body again is wonderful. If you're like me, you know what to do to lose weight, but you don't want to give it the effort. That's why I chose Club Reduce and Solutions 4. This program at the Betts Clinic combines to help you in a specific way tailored to your body's needs. Want to join me? Call Dina at the Betts Clinic at 870-206-7813. That's 870-206-7813. The Betts Clinic. Hey, y'all. This is Matthew Cox with Cox Implement. Time for football and time to check out our new inventory of zero-turn mowers. Don't keep putting money in that old mower and don't wait till next year. It is no secret the inventory has been a challenge in 2021, but at Cox, we are stocking up on zero-turn mowers and preparing for 2022. Kick off the fall with a new zero-turn mower from Cox Implement. Come see us at any of our three locations in Hoxie, Highland, and Jonesboro, or visit us online at coximplement.com. Cox Implement, equipment you can count on, people you can trust. Need health insurance now? Arkansas Blue Cross and Blue Shield's limited duration plans provide affordable coverage designed to cover you for the length of time you need it. You don't have to wait to shop for health insurance. You can apply for these policies at any time. Call Woody Harrelson at 870-897-5000 or come see Woody at 2512 Alexander Drive in Jonesboro today. Woody Harrelson is a soliciting agent for Arkansas Blue Cross, an independent licensee of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association. Plans available only to residents in Arkansas. 
It's the quickest hour in sports talk. That was fast. Now back to the setup on the ticket. All right, welcome back here on the setup. Kate Carlton, Andrew Bowen with you halfway home on a Thursday or a Tuesday, excuse me, edition of the show, which means it's time to go to the Ritter Communications Hotline, catch up with Curtis Wilkerson of Hog Sports, who is with us now. Curtis, how are you this afternoon? I'm doing good. How are you guys? Good. Good to uh, good to check in with you this afternoon. Uh We'll we'll talk football uh, and talk uh, the uh, Georgia game, talk the upcoming Ole Miss game, but probably the biggest thing that came out with uh, Arkansas last week was Nick Smith signing with the Razorbacks. He's the first five-star recruit to sign since Bobby Portis. Uh, how big of a deal is that for uh, this Arkansas basketball program? Well, I tell you what, it's, it's huge. You know, anytime you land a top-ten commitment, uh, you know, it just it just speaks volumes about where you're at as a program. It kind of solidifies uh, everything that, that you're trying to do in terms of building off momentum of that great year last year. Uh, you know, everybody knows what Eric Musselman is capable of doing in the transfer portal. And, uh, you know, obviously he had that 2020 freshman recruiting class that was top 10 in the country. But it, it just hits a little bit different when you get that five-star commitment, especially a guy like Nick Smith who's been doing it in the state. Uh, yeah. And you're really in a situation where there's so much talent in the state and you want to lock down those borders. So uh, a huge pickup there for Arkansas. And, you know, we'll see if it creates a little bit of a domino effect. they got a couple guys that they're still working on. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a big deal and, you know, a big win over some other foes in the SEC. You know, if you look at his list of finalists there with Alabama and Auburn, yeah. uh, you want to get that guy if you're the Razorbacks and, and they got their man. Yeah, you, you kind of mentioned a domino effect. I mean, what obviously Eric Musselman has had some great recruiting classes in Arkansas, but what type of domino effect do you think this could have on the rest of this class and maybe future classes going forward? Sure. Well, right now it, it sets at number three in the country, you know, here at 24-7 sports, which is a, that's a big deal. Uh, yeah. That's where you want to be. You know, the SEC, it, it's crazy. It, it's obviously kind of the – sets the standard when it comes to football but with the way that the league has just been it's just had this influx of really quality coaches and recruiters uh, on the basketball front and and so you got to keep up because every night you're going to be playing against draft picks uh and you know you look at this arkansas class ranked third now uh and they're on a couple high profile guys two more five stars to keep an eye on uh one of them really high on that list is jordan walsh uh, just made into that five-star land, six seven, maybe the most athletic guy in that 2022 class. Uh, he's really high in the hogs. He's got one more visit to Kansas this weekend, and he's making a commitment. Uh, he said probably either October 24th or 25th. That's the guy the Razorbacks have prioritized for a long time. I, I like where they stand there. So yep. uh, maybe they pick up that second guy. We'll see. And then Anthony Black, uh, another six seven athletic guy out of Texas. They're hitting Texas hard. Uh, another five star. He's he's visited Arkansas, Oklahoma State. He goes to Gonzaga here, uh, either this weekend or next, and he's going to be looking to make a decision. Arkansas in the mix there as well. Well, Arkansas basketball trending in the right direction, and then on the other side, Arkansas football has been trending in the right direction for most of the season. Uh, obviously, Saturday did not go the way that you know they wanted it to go, 
But, you know, when you take a loss like that, I guess there's there's two things that can come out out of it. Either people are going to say, oh, Georgia's really good, or, hey, maybe Arkansas's overrated. Where do you kind of fall on that? Do you think it was more of a deal of just Georgia being the best team in the country? Yeah, I, I do. <laughs> I mean, those, uh, those guys are just built different. And, you know, uh, you take a look at, at a team like Georgia, and, and that's where – Arkansas wants to be when you think about the way they play in the trenches yeah. uh, I mean Sam Pittman recruited a lot of those guys you know uh, and it's going to take him more than a you know a year and a half two years to get Arkansas to that level uh, but you know I, I think that was a really good measuring stick for the Razorbacks and uh, yeah I, I do I, I think it's more of a reflection on where Georgia just where they are as a program right now as opposed to Arkansas you know Arkansas is ahead of schedule uh, they're trending in the right direction. I, I think they're a bona fide top 25 team. I, I think when you look uh, at the AP poll, the, the coaches poll that came out, you know, Arkansas didn't drop that far. And, and I think that's because people just realize how good Georgia is. And it, it's yeah. interesting going into this Ole Miss game because I think they're in a very similar situation with what happened to them against Alabama. What uh, what were some of the difficulties that Arkansas just faced trying to get their, their offense going on Saturday in your eyes? Well, uh, you know, first of all, you know, like you mentioned, it's nothing to hang your head about losing to Georgia, especially in Athens. I think it was the way that it happened that was a little bit frustrating. Uh, 13 penalties for 100 yards, that, that, yeah. that's just way too many, and, uh, and the flags have been piling up. Uh, yeah, I was doing a little research today. I think Arkansas ranks 124th out of 130 FBS teams uh, in terms of the penalty yards they pile wow. up for game, and, and that's gonna that's gonna come back to bite you, uh, especially in a lot of these games the rest of the year that are you know toss ups, coin flips. Uh, so you know, got to clean that up. You, you look at special teams, another punt block that you know Georgia falls on it for a touchdown. Uh, those type of mistakes just kill you, and so they really need to clean it up in those areas, but. Uh, you know, aside from that, and, and the game itself, it was really decided uh, in the trenches. You know, the offensive and defensive line, Arkansas played so well on, on both sides of the ball at the line of scrimmage, uh, but they were just outmanned against a Georgia team that it's just, you know, a, a little bit bigger and, and faster and probably more talented, you know, in, in all those spots. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how this team bounces back. They're, it's a blue-collar group. They've, they've proven to be resilient in the past. Uh, you know, I, I don't think one loss is any reason to make a, a bunch of crazy changes, but I did find it interesting that Sam Pittman mentioned, uh, hey, we, we want to be able to block the elite guys. And, and so he's throwing a couple guys into the mix uh, in that offensive line at the guard position. Some of those bigger guys, you think about a Jalen St. John and Tykeus Crawford, a couple of younger guys, but both, you know, one goes 330, one goes 350. Uh, and getting them in the mix involved at, at guard a little bit, uh, I don't think that means they're going to start this weekend necessarily, but start to get some reps and see what you have there just to match up, you know, from a size and physicality standpoint and get some of these big boys down the road. Defensively, you know, we've talked a lot about the linebacking core that Arkansas has. Grant Morgan and Bumper Pool both have good games uh, on Saturday against Georgia. I know that's probably some of the bright spots defensively is, you know, their performance in that game on Saturday. Yeah, I think so. You know, it's it, it was interesting. You know, Georgia didn't have uh, JT Daniels, but Stetson Bennett, that backup quarterback, and that's the guy that's played a lot of football for them. Uh, obviously, he torched Arkansas last year when, when he yeah. came into that game to, to start the year. But, 
uh, man, they didn't even need a quarterback, honestly, because they just lined that thing up and ran it. And what's interesting about Georgia, uh, you know, it's not necessarily an explosive rushing attack. I think they had one uh, run that went for 24 yards, and, you know, for the rest of the game, it was like a death by a thousand needles. You know, they just line it up when it's line of scrimmage, get four or five yards and keep moving the chains. They, they rushed the ball 56 times for over 270 yards. Uh, and, and so they weren't gouging them for big plays, but, uh, you know, you get, you get three or four yards three times and you move the chains and they just controlled the game that way. Uh, but yeah, a nice job by the linebacking core. I, I think the, the trio of three combined for like 32 tackles. Uh, so that, that's pretty good to see. And, you know, uh, just have to regroup a little bit and, and should have a, you know, a more favorable matchup against Ole Miss, I think, this weekend. Yeah, uh, Arkansas going to Oxford this weekend, and it's a top 25 game. I think if you told both fan bases that it would be a top 25 game two years ago, they would have laughed at you, but that's exactly what it is this weekend. How does Arkansas kind of match up with Ole Miss? I think it's I think it's fascinating, to, to tell you the truth. You know, really – uh, in a lot of ways, these teams are similar. It, it, it's kind of interesting when you look at the way they operate. Uh, you know, obviously, Ole Miss is just so high-powered offensively. Uh, that tempo—that's I think that's what really stands out about them to me. Is man, they, they just get up to the line and snap that thing and, and get it going so quick. Uh, and, and if you're not able to keep up with that and get lined up, they catch you slipping. They hit you in big plays. Uh, you know, I, I think there's a misconception there, maybe that. You know, under Lane Kiffin, and, and you got Matt Corral there, quarterback. Do they just line it up and throw it all over the place? And they can. Uh, and Corral's been great, but they run the ball almost sixty percent of the time. Yeah. Uh, and it's similar to Arkansas. You think about KJ Jefferson; they have a number of running backs that mix in the carries. Uh, it's kind of the same idea with Ole Miss. You know, they got Corral, who's a threat with his legs. I think you have three really solid running backs in uh, Parrish Ely and, and Snoop Connor. So, uh, you know, last year. Uh, Barry Odom's defense did a great job of, of game planning. Obviously, you know they got the six interceptions of Matt Corral. I don't think they're going to get that this year. That's <laughs> that's definitely an outlier. Uh, but what wrinkles are they going to be able to throw in there and try to slow this thing down? I think it's going to be a really just kind of a neat game within the game chess match to watch between Odom and Kiffin. What uh, what's Arkansas's injury? What what does Arkansas's injury situation kind of look like uh, going into this game? Well, I, I think they're okay. Um, you know, yesterday uh, at practice, K.J. Jefferson's out there um, in full. Traylon Burks was out there in full. And, uh, you know, it looks like they really uh, made it out of that Georgia game pretty healthy, you know, aside from some bumps and bruises. Yeah. I, I sure didn't notice anything during the game. And when we didn't see anybody uh, necessarily missing yesterday. Uh, we get a chance to go out and view practice again this afternoon, so you know we'll see if anything comes of that. But I, I think uh, they're going to be going into this weekend about as healthy as, as you could hope to be, given the schedule they played so far. Arkansas and Ole Miss coming up 11 a.m. Saturday morning over on ESPN. Curtis, what can our listeners find over at Hog Sports uh, leading up to the game this Saturday? Well, it's it's an exciting time to tell you the truth. I mean, we've we've got you covered from all angles, getting prepped for this big game against Ole Miss. Uh, you know, obviously, and, and the recruiting coverage with, with things heating up with basketball and football. But, you know, we're about a month out from the season starting with basketball. So practice reports, we're going through some player previews. And then the baseball program is getting ready to wrap up their fall season. They've got the Fall World Series starting this weekend. So 
we're going to be out there checking that out and, and giving you some analysis from that as well. So uh, pretty much everything Razorbacks, we got you covered at Hog Sports. Curtis, as always, appreciate the time and uh, look forward to catching up next week. Hey, thanks so much, guys. Can't wait. Curtis Wilkerson of Hog Sports joining us on the phone lines. Again, if you missed any of that conversation, catch it following the program. SoundCloud.com slash 95.3 The Ticket or wherever you get podcasts by searching for the setup. We'll come back, close out the show after this timeout on The Ticket. Our advice? Just take the over. More of the setup is coming up next on The Ticket. Soybeans and cotton prices still on the rise. Hello, I'm Scotty Woodson on the EAB Ag Network with your EAB Market Countdown. December corn at 537 and a half, down three and a quarter, with March corn at 546, down three and three quarters. November soybeans at 1250 and a half, up 14 and three quarters, with January soybeans at 1261, up 14 and three quarters. December wheat at 744 and three quarters, down 11 and three quarters. March wheat at 757 and a quarter, down 11. October cotton at 11093, up four, with December cotton at 10893, up four. November rice at 1352 and a half, down one and a half, with January rice at 1379 and a half, down one. Moving on to livestock now, October live cattle 122.82 and a half up 20, with December live cattle 127.85 down 20. October feeder cattle 156.10 up 110, November feeder cattle 156.87 and a half up 185. October lane hogs at 90.97 and a half up 17 and a half, December hogs at 82.55 down 55. That's your EAB market countdown, and I'm Scotty Woodson. Have a great day. As we get ready to prepare for next year's crop. Uh, For a lot of farmers, that involves prescribed burning. We burn to reduce weeds, diseases, and insects in our fields. It's a naturally occurring process that's been used for thousands of years to renew the land, and it also reduces our carbon footprint. To continue to use this tool that we have, it's important to use it in a responsible manner, taking care of our environment and our communities that we live in. And we can do this by following these simple voluntary steps before you burn. So you can pick up a copy of the complete guidelines and checklists at aad.arkansas.gov. The most important thing to do is to remember to call the Arkansas Ag Dispatch Center at 1-800-830-8015 before you burn. So join us in the continued responsible stewardship of our resources by calling 1-800-830-8015 before you burn. Arkansas farmers have always been great at proactively ensuring a high standard, and we want to continue that tradition. Trust your heart to better care at NEA Baptist. Better access means communication with your award-winning cardiac team anytime, anywhere with the MyChart app. Better technology means leading this state with new treatments and interventions right here in Jonesboro. Better is an integrated team of experts at your service when seconds matter. Your heart deserves better. Find it at NEA Baptist. Football season is in full swing, and your friends at the ticket are talking about all the teams you care about. High school, Red Wolves, Razorbacks, we've got you covered with all your favorite shows, including The Front Row with Budrow, RWRC Radio, The Workday Red Zone with Kara Ritchie, The Setup, and The Drive with Brad Bobo. And the ticket is Northeast Arkansas's home to the Dallas Cowboys. So if you want football, we're here for you on 1041 KBRI, KNEA AM 970, 95.3 and 96.9. The ticket. Timeout's over, and we're going to a full court press. Now let's get back to the setup on the ticket. No, I'm not 
All right, welcome back here on the setup, closing out a Tuesday, October 5th edition of the show. Here on the ticket, 9598 and that is the school annual school day game. So, always fun atmosphere for that. It'll be November 9th against Central Baptist College uh, that Tuesday. So, uh, that's that. Uh, Monday Night Football last night was it was a game. I, I didn't really watch a whole lot of it. Uh, it was a blowout. Justin Herbert played great. Uh, the Chargers won 28-14, although they were up 21-0 at the half, and then the Raiders scored a couple in the third quarter of play, and it was it was really never a game. But uh, Yeah, the Raiders looked absolutely awful, which yeah. is weird because they've been a really solid team the whole year. And, I mean, Gruden said in his press conference that that was some of the worst football he's seen this team play all year, which I agree with. And Herbert just looked nuts. Yeah, Herbert was 25-38, 222 passing yards, three touchdowns, and no interceptions. So a uh, a good night for Justin Herbert last night. But Forrest Merrill, who was just added to the uh, roster for the Los Angeles Chargers ahead of the game, got promoted from the practice squad to the regular roster for the Chargers, did record his first tackle of his NFL career. Uh, there in the fourth quarter. So Forrest Merrill got on the board with a tackle, so that was good to see. Uh, A-State football, by the way, just put out – of course, I didn't. I don't ever watch SportsCenter anymore, but uh, that J.D. McKissick's diving touchdown in Sunday's Washington winner, that uh, was the game winner uh, for the uh, football team, was the number one play on SportsCenter. So. That was an insane – dive i watched yes. that live and that was that was insane yes so uh little a state in the pros news in terms of the nfl uh this weekend so uh, it was a uh it was a good uh nfl weekend for uh a state players in the league all right uh in terms of news that has really been out today urban meyer at jacksonville is a oh, no. crazy situation <laughs> it is it it's is wild. just crazy. Uh, so Urban Meyer yesterday, after the video and everything came out, uh, originally there was supposed to be a team meeting with all the team. Well, he cancels that and just meets with players uh, in individual groups. So he met with the linebackers, the quarterbacks, the running backs, whatever, and apologized to them rather than being in a full team meeting uh, there was a thread that came out today, Michael Silver from Sports Illustrated, who covers the NFL, where he said, quote, one player told me he has zero credibility in that stadium, and he had very little credibility to begin with. Uh, also said that uh, right when he left the room after a meeting with one, uh, with one group of players that they started dying laughing and that Urban Meyer had to know it because it was very loud. So... <laughs> Uh, Shad Khan, who is the Jaguars owner, 
put out a statement uh, about three or four hours ago, uh, basically just saying that uh, what he did last weekend was inexcusable. I appreciate Urban's remorse, which I believe is sincere. It's not. Uh, now he must regain our trust and respect. He won't. And that will require a personal commitment from Urban uh, to everyone who supports, represents, or plays for our team. I am confident he will deliver. He won't. Uh, so <laughs> that's uh, that's just hilarious to think that he gave this really heartfelt, air quotes, heartfelt apology. And then the second he leaves the room, everyone starts laughing because they know it's not sincere at all. <laughs> no, because it's what he's done his whole career. Exactly. Like, it's... it's like you don't this just is, this is not like a one off occurrence. Yeah. yeah, I mean scandal is some type of s- stupid scandal has followed him everywhere he goes in his career. I mean just look at the makeup of that 2007-2008 Florida National Championship team. Oh, don't That tells get, you all yeah. you need to know about Urban Meyer. I mean there, it's just there needs to be a documentary on that team. Yeah, it just it's it's a whole other interesting spectrum for him, but uh It is. It um Honestly, he never should have left his Fox his Fox gig. He shouldn't have. He had a great He was getting gig. paid millions of dollars yeah. to do Fox. Nobody was ripping him anymore, mainly because nobody watches the Fox Noon kickoff show. He had no scandals that we know of. No no scandals going on there. And now that he's back in like the public spotlight, he just I mean, can't what, not be in a scandal. What are we, um, like, not even halfway through the season? Yeah, and they're 0-4. Yeah, it's just they've yet to win a game, and their coach is the biggest story on the team because of what he's doing off the field. So it's not great. Well, the worst was he started off with giving a bunch of excuses and trying to paint this like narrative that he was like roped into it, and then he's like, "Yeah, oh no, I did do it. My bad." And it's like, well, we can't just forget that you just completely lied to everyone, and we're trying to get away with it. (laughs) Yeah, it it just baffles me. Yeah, it's he needs to fire his PR team. He probably has a big enough ego where he doesn't even have a PR team, which is probably Twitter which is probably part of the problem. That's that's <laughs> very he's true. he's he's on the Hugh Freeze deal where he, his ego is so big that he doesn't think he needs a PR team, and so he's just going to do whatever <laughs> he wants to do and it, not face the consequences because he's going to try and like lie his way out of it. I feel bad for his family. That's the Hugh Freeze rate. Hugh Freeze <sighs> way. All right, uh, on, tonight uh, in MLB action. We'll see the Yankees at the Red Sox on ESPN at 7 o'clock. Uh, Garrett Cole, Nathan Eovaldi are the pitchers in that game tonight. Uh, and then tomorrow night, it's Cardinals at Dodgers at 7-10 on TBS. Adam Wainwright and Max Scherzer. So, uh, the wild card games start up tonight uh, in MLB. Yankees at Red, so- Red Sox should be fantastic from Fenway Park. Um Obviously, winter goes on to the playoffs. Loser season is done. And you add in the fact that it's the biggest rivalry in all of baseball. And it should be a fantastic game. Definitely. Tonight. The atmosphere is going to be crazy. Yeah. I, uh, I'm i excited to get back into uh, – I just like watching baseball playoffs. The last, I do too. The last, like, two months of the season, I'll watch maybe the last week if, you know, there's a division race or a wild card race that's coming down to the wire – but really, once you get post All Star break, it's a lot of it's all right. Beautiful. Let's 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 speed it up. Let's get to the playoffs. <laughs> and so now we're kind of we're kind of to the playoffs. We're so I'm moving excited. And grooving. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to uh, watch that tonight. Uh, other news: uh, former Memphis Grizzly and Laker and two time NBA champion Pal Gasol has called it a career after 19 years. Um, 
total absolute I, legend. I thought he already retired. He, he's forty-one. To be honest, I, I guess he was playing overseas, and so yes, yeah, he had been with uh, Barcelona since uh, February, but uh, he had a stress fracture in his left foot uh, that kept him from playing for uh, nearly uh, two years, and so. Uh, he officially announced his retirement at 41 from basketball today. So that was uh, interesting uh, to see there, which I guess the NBA starts like next week, two weeks from now. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> They're playing preseason right now. Yeah, not watching that for sure. Yeah. I'm not watching, <laughs> I'm not watching regular season, much less preseason. I'll watch a game here and there and keep up with it on Twitter. Mm. I love the NBA though, so that's why I'm more into it. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather watch like a replay of a football game from the 1930s, I think. Anyways, that does it for Ouch. us today. Uh, thanks to uh, Curtis Wilkerson for joining us. Thanks to Mitchell Gladstone for joining us on the program today. Uh, we'll be able to check in with Philip Butterfield tomorrow. Uh, coming up, it's the drive with Brad Bobo from 3 to 6, the front row with Budrow from 7 to 10 tomorrow morning. 10 to 12, it's the Red Wolf Roll Call. And then 12 to 2, it is the Workday Red Zone with Kara Ritchie, which gets you back to us tomorrow from 2 to 3. For Andrew, I'm Cade. So long. Have a great day.